Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Podcast. First and foremost, I want to make sure that I pronounce his name right. Ennio Morricone, who died today at 91. Why am I talking about Ennio Morricone? Because if you're a love of, lover of films like I am, and the American West, Ennio Morricone is an icon. He scored the spaghetti westerns with his friend Sergio Leone. Him and Clint Eastwood are synonymous. He even scored two mules for Sister Sarah with Clint Eastwood and Shirley MacLaine in the film. So his score, Ennio Morricone is an icon. An icon. So tonight I promise you a brief but dazzling tribute to Ennio Morricone. I want to make sure I say his name right. Do him justice on the Dr. Zeus podcast. Stay tuned. Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus podcast. Tonight we pay tribute to Ennio Morcone, who died today at the age of 91. Nominated, I think, seven times or six for the Academy Award for Best Score. And he won once for The Hateful Eight, directed by Quentin Tarantino. So Ennio Morricone is synonymous with Westerns, synonymous with Italian films, as well as American films. He, I don't think he spoke English because I do know that when he received his honorary Oscar in 2007 from Clint Eastwood, he spoke Italian. Uh, and when he won the competitive Oscar, that, that, that is a rarity to you get the honorary Oscar and then you win the competitive Oscar 10 years later. He, uh, the, the two times that he was on stage, he had an interpreter for uh, his acceptance speech. Ennio Morricone was born in November of 1928. He was born in Italy. He went to school with Sergio Leone. There was a photograph, if you Google it, of Sergio Leone and Ennio Morricone. He uh, scored Once Upon a Time in America with Sergio Leone as well as the Spaghetti Westerns. That is why Ennio Morricone is so iconic. We all know about the Spaghetti Westerns. They have been parodied. They have been, you know, copied. They, they torn from limb by limb. The good, the bad, and the ugly. For I. You know, copyright purposes, I can't put the music on here. But we can talk about the man and the music. The name itself, Morricone, synonymous in film, synonymous. And then in 2003, Ennio Morricone, one of his songs, Death Rides a Horse, and it was from a, another movie, was used in Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill 1. There is the scene. Quentin Tarantino always set up his scenes with music. So what he did was he took Death Rides a Horse. And there's a moment in Kill Bill. Many of us have seen it. Where um, the bride, 
played by Uma Thurman, calls out to Oren Ishii, played by Lucy Liu, and she calls out to her in Mandarin, and she comes out there. It's very dramatic. And Death Rides a Horse starts to play. So, because it was a spaghetti, it was a standoff, you know, it was a, a Western standoff. It was iconic. And so later on, Morricone worked with Quentin Tarantino and Glorious Bastards, Django Unchained, and one for The Hateful Eight. Now, Morricone wasn't really approving of Tarantino using modern music in his films, probably because he wanted Tarantino to just use his scores. You know, but the two of them together, it was, you know, Morricone had a, a, a second life. Sergio Leone had died in the 90s. So here was this young, up-and-coming director. Crazy. Bombastic. You know, um, some people hate him. Some people love him. Some people revile him. But there is a madness of Tarantino that is amazing. And he makes these films. And Morricone and him were the perfect marriage. Music and film. And so I, I call Morricone an icon because he is an icon. You know, the only person I can think of, you know, yeah, Henry Mancini, his score for, you know, um, Breakfast at Tiffany's and John Williams, you know, the Jaw score, Schindler's List, E.T. But when I think of someone iconic, who really flipped the script on film scores. That's Ennio Morricone. Because you think of the Spaghetti Westerns. So Spaghetti Westerns were not supposed to work, but they did. And the beauty of that is, is that, you know, yes, some of it was dubbed. It was, you know, they were supposed to be, you know, in Mexico. And here they are, Spaghetti Westerns. So Ennio Morricone, you know, I respect him. And yes, we're also going to mention Charlie Daniels, whose politics I did not agree with. But the devil went down to Georgia. I know about that. My friend got to dance with Charlie Daniels. And I remember when Charlie Daniels would make appearances on Conan O'Brien. Iconic. But tonight I want to talk fully about Ennio Morricone. The icon the lover of music. This man worked until till his death. He was not, died at 91 years old. Not of corona, but of a fall. So that's why we're talking about him. We're talking about someone who changed the way we listen to films. Yes, when we look at them, okay, you know, without a score, that does change the tone of a film. Well, with Ennio Morricone, um, it changed the landscape of film. You know, he wasn't just scoring westerns. He was scoring Cinema Paradiso and, you know, um, I think that's how you say it. Please correct me if I'm wrong. You know, um, I have a great many friends who are from Italy. I love them. I respect them. One of my friends, he's from Tuscany. And he loves the American West. And the music of Ennio Morricone 
set against the backdrop of the American Western landscape. And that's why I'm, I'm so passionate about his music. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly is just, I mean, and then I would be remiss. So in 2018, I saw Metallica. Since 1983, Metallica has gone out to um, Morricone's. Let me let me look it up because I want to. I want to. I'm in the moment right now. You know, when I'm recording these things, it's like I'm on. There's no script. Uh, Morricone, the ecstasy of gold. So when I saw Metallica, that's what they walk out to is the ecstasy of gold from the good, the bad, and the ugly. So it's a moment. And I first heard of Morricone's death through Metallica. They were posting about it because they had, you know, he had graciously allowed them to play the ecstasy of, of gold as their opening. So when I saw them in 2018 in concert, they walked out to that. It was a moment. So even the hardest of rock bands has respect for Ennio Morricone. And I would also be remiss if, you know, if you've ever listened to, if you're not a Metallica fan, I urge you to listen to the Black Album and to Master Puppets, but the Black Album in particular, because there is a song in there called The Unforgiven. Not on The Unforgiven, the opening chords almost sound like something out of a spaghetti western that I'm sure Morricone would, I pro, he probably loved it. He didn't write it, but he loved that Metallica, they opened their song with that. It gave the song a whole different feel. And that's why we're talking about Ennio Morricone. The brilliance. You know, I can't stress that enough. We're not gonna talk about his personal life. We're gonna talk about why we all love him and revere him. Is because of his scores. They're passionate. They're filled with action. That, that's the thing about the arts and sciences of making a film. I almost became a filmmaker. When you add the score, it paints it in a whole different fashion. Just think of Quentin Tarantino had used a different, you know, form of music for the standoff between Orenishi and the bride. Just think. That, you know, she is up on a balcony. She's got her thugs protecting her or her guards. And the bride is right there with Sophie. She chops Sophie's arm off and boom, the action ensues. And all while this is playing out, Ennio Morricone's Death Rides a Horse is playing. Because it does lead to the death of Orenishi. I hope, I hope you all have seen Kill Bill. Because if I spoiled it for you, I, I'm sorry, but that is how we are painting the picture of Ennio Morricone. Dramatic filmmaking, dramatic music. And Clint Eastwood knew that all too well. So they are forever linked. You know, the spaghetti, West, the spaghetti westerns are legendary. Whether you like them or not, they are legendary. And... There's a similarity to the Spaghetti Westerns and the Mandalorian, the man with no name, okay? But this is about Ennio Morricone. I'm trying to make sure I say his name right because I want to give him respect.
And that's why I'm doing this podcast. I only do podcasts about people that I want you to be informed about and people that really deserve it. And he deserves it. You know, he was not a tall man. He was not a strong man. But his scores, it was almost like he was wearing a vest of muscle when he would conduct those scores. They were beautiful. You know, you whenever, whenever I hear two mules for Sister, <coughs> for sister Sarah, you know, dan dan and you hear that and it's like wow so it was perfect he you know he had something for everyone in his scores and that's why i'm getting i'm getting a little emotional about it you know he was an icon he was not on the cover of rolling stone he should have been and also he taught us that you know, about scores, it's classical scores. You know, a lot of people don't listen to classical music. That's too bad. My great friend and educator, um, she played classical music for us. Whenever I hear Beethoven, I think of her. She did not like rock and roll. And I can understand why. I like rock and roll, and I remember she talked to me about it. And I... I I think she would have... I, I, well, we never really discussed Ennio Morricone. You know? But I'm sure she discussed it with her daughters and her, her um, daughter's uh, partner. You know? Uh, about the spaghetti westerns. So it's a moment. And I'm thinking of her right now because, you know, she would probably say, yeah how important it is to talk about Ennio Morricone, this conductor, this artist, who changed film forever. You know, I don't own a lot of film scores, but I do own The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and Death Rides a Horse, and Two Mules for Sister Sarah. They are iconic. Ennio Morricone will be remembered forever for those scores. And so that's why I wanted to bring to the Dr. Zeus podcast was to talk to you about Ennio Morricone, how important he is. Yeah, he was never on the cover of Rolling Stone, but the music spoke for itself <laughs> because you, it didn't sound like anything else. Nobody was conducting scores like that. You know, the good, the bad and the ugly soundtrack was a, a big seller. It was iconic. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep saying that word to drill that into everyone's heads. Okay. So, wherever he is, and I do believe there is another dimension beyond all of this. I wouldn't necessarily call it heaven. You know? And I think we say that to kind of philosophize certain things, put a nice white blanket on it, but... There is another dimension. So wherever you are, Ennio Morricone, we love you. You know, um, the music was bellissimo. Fantastic. I wish I spoke Italian. I truly do. Um, you know, Spain and Italy and France are all right there. And I, I have a little Italian in me. And I, uh, Spaniard and Fran- French and Portuguese. And I don't even speak Portuguese. 
You know, my family loved the spaghetti westerns. From my father, my brothers, my grandfathers, my grandmother. You know, it was a thing. I think they, she liked it because of Clint Eastwood. But you know, those scores, those are badass. I remember seeing Kill Bill 1 and 2 in the theater with my cousin. And that's a moment right there. How big those films were. Because it really is one film cut in two. And to see on a big screen, you know, that, that standoff between the bride and Oren Ishii. And that music is just playing and it's thumping. Da 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 da. <sighs> it's, it's amazing. And, you know, I, I, I love how his name just rolls off my tongue, Ennio Morricone, you know? His scores, I mean, it makes, it makes me want to discover more of them. I, I, he, I think, scored at least maybe 500 films. I could be wrong. Please correct me. I, I, I love knowledge. I don't always have to be right. And I know some people said, oh, you know, you should really research. I research, but I also like to do things in the moment, you know. So it's the Dr. Zeus podcast until I can hire a researcher for me, you know. And until we have the budget to post some of Ennio Morricone's scores. I mean, hey, if it were up to me, I would have one of his scores right now as we're speaking about him. Not as a backdrop, but as a celebration of his life and of his music. Because when I immediately saw that he died, I thought, oh, I got to talk about this. I have to talk about Ennio Morricone. Because I love the music. I love how it, it, the marriage between film and music. And Tarantino has said that before, he didn't go to film school. Before, when he was younger, he would set up a scene by putting it on a record. And then in his head, he would set up the scene. That's, a gen- that's genius right there. Because music really does color the scene. Now, him and Morricone didn't see eye to eye. Like in Inglorious Bastards, when there's a scene where the, um, the character is getting ready for a night of film. And also to take out the Germans. And they're playing David Bowie's, you know, uh, putting out the fire with gasoline. And... I know Morricone didn't like that. And he said, why is he putting modern music in it? And I, and I can understand that, but it set up the scene. It set up the scene. Just like his scores set up those beautiful scenes, wild scenes. You know, and so I want all of you to take with you, what scene of your life would you have Ennio Morricone paint for you with his music? Any kind of scene. You know, I could see myself in the gym listening to Death Rides a Horse. Because if you don't work out, you're dead. Especially me. It, this is, you know, keeping the uh, fitness levels in check. And I'm recording. So, uh, Ennio Morricone, 91 years young, is in another dimension now, another realm. I hope they're playing the music right there. 
So as always, <coughs> unpleasant dreams and...